I'm going to be totally honest with you. I suck at gardening. <laughs> uh, I Now, I like landscaping. I like doing yard work. Uh, but if it's got fruits or vegetables on it, it's just not going to live very long. Uh, not the case with my friend Marcos Mujica, who is the president of a company called Agrarian Craft. Marcos, as opposed to me, is a brilliant gardener and farmer. But here's the really cool thing about Marcos. His farming is not just about farming. It's about participating with God in the healing of this world. It's about restoring shalom to the earth. It's about transforming the world, broken by sin, into what God intended when God first created the earth. Now, as you listen to this episode, you're going to hear us talk about uh, something called neighborhood exegesis. That's a topic that we were going to talk about in this episode, uh, but I got so caught up in what Marcos was sharing about regenerative agriculture that, as you'll hear, we decided near the end of the episode to save the conversation about neighborhood exegesis for next week's episode. So you will get to hear that conversation, which is also a really great conversation, uh, but you'll get to hear about it in episode 24. Today, I'm really excited to introduce you to my friend Marcos Mujica and the amazing work that he's doing through his company, Agrarian Craft. I'm Marcus Watson, and this is episode 23 of Spiritual Life and Leadership. I'm here with uh, Marcos Mujica, who uh, is a good friend, someone I've known, gosh, for I don't know how many years now, eight or nine or ten years, something like that. And uh, uh, Marcos is the president of Agrarian Craft, which is a landscape construction and regenerative agriculture business. How are you doing, Marcos? I'm doing great this morning. How are you doing, Marcos? Yeah, I'm good. Um, so th- I think that's a great way of describing what you do, landscape construction and regenerative agriculture. I'm going to let you kind of explain what that is and how you landed in this line of work. Um, but uh, your background is ministry, and so I'm looking forward to hearing all of that. And uh, I should say not just your background, but your present as well is ministry. And so anyway, I'm excited about that. And uh, we're going to talk about exegeting our neighborhoods today. So, uh, okay, exegeting. For anyone who doesn't know what the heck that means, uh, it's kind of a fancy seminary theological word that means kind of unpacking or understanding or discovering or uh, digging out the meaning of something. So we'll talk a lot about exegeting scripture. Uh, that just means digging into the scripture and learning the scripture. So what does it mean to exegete your neighborhood? So we're going to talk about that, right? Yeah, I'll yes. be great. Okay, Excited good. <laughs> um, so, but let's start uh, real quick. Uh, Marcos, what, uh, just give us a quick background on yourself. Then I got a couple of get to know you questions, and then we'll uh, talk even more about uh, where you've been and what you're doing. Yeah, so, great. yeah, what do you do? So, uh, I'm the son of immigrant parents. My mm-hmm. mother and father were immigrants from Chile. Uh, my dad came here when he was 14 years old, all by himself after his mm. dad had, had passed away. And uh, he jumped onto a plane and ended up in Miami and lived amongst the Cubans, washing cars and washing dishes. Mm. And when he were, when he turned 17 years old, he uh, joined the military and fought for a country that he wasn't even a citizen of yet. He went to Vietnam, wow. and that's how he gained his citizenship. 
Uh, fast forward about 20 years later, he went back to Chile, met my mom, got married, and they moved to California. And uh, my dad worked in uh, occupational safety. He uh, um, was uh, working for an insurance company at the time, and he decided, hey, why am I making someone else money? I should go into business for myself. And he started a consulting company, uh, consulting workplaces on occupational safety and preparing them for OSHA. Uh, So from a very young age, I saw my dad uh, starting companies. Uh, He was very entrepreneurial. Um, Everything he ever earned in his life, he he fought for. Um, He was definitely a go-getter. And I think that the best and unfortunately sometimes the worst of my dad uh, was passed on to me. Uh And uh, so I think I am very much an entrepreneur in the same Uh way uh, that my, uh, my dad was, but because of his upbringing, um, you know, we also had a very rough childhood, mm. uh, a little bit of a dysfunctional home. Mm. Um, uh, we struggled a lot in our earlier years financially, mm. um, and also socially as a family. Uh, but one day my dad came home, we were living in San Bernardino at the time in a very low income neighborhood, uh, you may or may not know of it. It's called Rialto. Okay. Um, Time Magazine ranked it the worst place to raise a child. I don't know how many years wow. back when they came wow. out with that. Um, but my dad came home one day and said, hey, everyone, we're packing up and we are moving. And my hmm. mom was like, what? You, you, where are we going? And my dad said, I bought a home in Carlsbad of all wow. places. So wow. his, his business prospered and we relocated from a tiny two bedroom home to a five bedroom home in Carlsbad and talk about culture shock. I yeah. was not prepared for what I was going to experience. Yeah. Um, and Carlsbad, just for anyone who doesn't know, is, is kind of North County, San Diego. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, just for those who, who may not know where Carlsbad is, go ahead. Yeah, a more affluent neighborhood where mm-hmm. the majority of the population was Caucasian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was coming from Rialto where the majority of the population was African-American or Hispanic. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely uh, a, a culture shock, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, I was culturally Catholic at the time, um, and uh, but it wasn't at all an existential reality for me. Um, and in high school, I had an encounter with our Lord Jesus and came to faith and experienced this, uh, radical transformation. And mm. I really had no idea what I wanted to do with my life or where I would end up. Uh, but, um, a really good friend of mine, uh, Mario DiMatteo, mm-hmm. uh, got a scholarship to play soccer at Point Loma Nazarene University. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was encouraged by a high school English teacher to apply to college and I didn't know where to go. And she asked me if I had any friends going to any schools. And I told her that my buddy was going to Point Loma. So she encouraged me to apply and I applied, got mm-hmm. a handwritten letter back in the mail telling me that, uh, unfortunately I did not meet their minimum academic standards. Oh. Um, but that, um, if I were willing, they were willing to give me a chance to, uh, take three summer school classes prior to my freshman year. And if I were able to get a B average, I'd be admitted into, uh, the fall semester. And, yeah, um, yeah. That summer, God gave me the spiritual gift of studying, (laughs) and uh, I got a B average, and I was admitted to Point Loma, and that's where I was uh, 
educated and formed. Uh, had some great mentors there that really yeah. took me under their wing, and uh, I've had some sustaining relationships with them all the yeah. way until today. Very and, cool. Um, yeah, and that's where I decided that I wanted to pursue uh, vocational ministry. Uh, thereafter, I got a master's at Point Loma and began a career as a youth pastor, and then thereafter as a church planter and as an executive pastor of a Presbyterian mm-hmm. church in, in Vista, California. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and my uh, life had a, a turn in the midst of all that. Yeah. So we'll get, we'll get to that because that's really interesting, I think. Let me just mention, you You mentioned uh, Mario DiMatteo, uh, who has also been a guest here on Spiritual Life and Leadership. And uh, let me just mention, in case anyone's interested, he was in uh, episode six, and uh, the title of that episode is From Tragedy to Comic Books. And uh, because he uh, had a kind of a, a transformation with, uh, uh, he became a quadriplegic, um, but found a love for comic books and art and has become an artist and publisher of um, comic books that teach uh, kids about the Bible, basically. And so really, really cool. Um, So let me ask you, Marcos, a couple of get to know you questions. Um, And the first one I'd like to ask is what would a mirror opposite of yourself be like? Well, that's a great question. Um, yeah, I have a very hard time answering that just because I don't necessarily want to define myself as a reaction mm. uh, to something. Uh-huh. Um, I think far too often in our society, we're defined by what we're against. And uh, to think of what the what my polar opposite would be, mm. uh, would be to, to think of myself in that uh, negative sense, you know? Okay, okay. Um, I think it's, and on top of that, I'm a person of a lot of contradiction, and uh-huh. um, I think it may be difficult to paint a neat, clear picture of what my polar opposite would be, but I can uh-huh. maybe answer uh, what I aspire to become, um, sure. rather than defining what my polar opposite would be. Um, I really long to live a local life, Mm. uh, a life that is, that is rooted in Uh a very narrow geographic region. Um, I long to, uh, uh, be a good neighbor to those, uh, that would find themselves in the same neighborhood that I exist in. Mm -hmm. Uh, but the unfortunate reality of the economy today and the rhythms of life um, the vast majority of people are unable to live a locally rooted life. We jump in our mechanized uh, land ships called mm-hmm. vehicles and yeah. we drive to and from work and we live these transient dislocated lives mm-hmm. um, when all I really want is to be rooted in one place mm-hmm. and to love well there. Yeah. So um, I deeply desire to live a local life, but unfortunately I'm being pulled in a million different directions geographically uh, because of work, but uh, slowly, but surely I'm making transitions in my life to be able to, to, to live a more locally based life. Yeah, that's cool. That's great. That's a great answer. I like it. Um, What about uh, a couple other questions? What uh, if your life was a book, what would its title be? You know, um, there's a there's a show on uh, on Netflix uh-huh. uh, at the moment, and it's called um, 
what's the name of it? I think it's called uh, A Series of Unfortunate Events. Oh, yeah. Have you heard of that? <laughs> yeah, my, my daughter has watched the entire series. I haven't seen it, That's though. That's a great show. I really love that. Is yeah. it? I got to watch it. It looks like a lot of fun. I saw one or two episodes with her. Yeah, I highly encourage it. You check it out. It's okay. So is that is that yeah, would that be the title of your <laughs> of your life right now? <laughs> well, well, you know the the interesting part of it is in 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 some ways, yeah, it has been a series of unfortunate events. Uh-huh. But um, in the midst of all of that, uh, those unfortunate events uh, have led to some incredible transformation and yeah, redemption. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, I'm, I'm really grateful for them. And uh, I really do believe that they are uh, an, ex- an expression of grace yeah. uh, that, that God has given to me uh, yeah. through his providence and sovereignty uh, to work out his masterpiece yeah. uh, in my life and in the life of those around me. Yeah. But That's I can't great. say that life has been easy, though. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. And uh, what would you say if you had to give the current chapter of your life a title? What would that be? Hmm. Um, uh, the pursuit of an agrarian dream. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I tell you what, uh, that's a great transition then. <laughs> Why don't you unpack that? Why would that be the title? And I'm assuming it has something to do with the work that you're doing with agrarian craft. So why don't you uh, tell us about that at this point then? Yeah. Um, so about uh, 10 years ago, um, I was working in ministry and uh, I was engaged at the time um, and, uh, my fiance, uh, decided to leave me, mm. um, at that particular time in my life, um, I was young and immature. Um, I was probably, uh, overly self-righteous in my own eyes mm. and for good reason, uh, she, she left me and I was absolutely devastated as a result. Mm. Um, and, um, Coincidentally, right around that time is when Mario uh, DiMatteo uh, had experienced his injury and he mm. was recently disabled and put into a wheelchair. Um, his mom had bought him a tomato plant and uh, and she thought that gardening would be a good uh, therapeutic outlet for him mm. uh, given his recent injury. Um, and so he and I were both in his backyard, uh, wallowing in both of our miseries mm. of what we had both experienced, uh, my failed relationship and his injury. Um, I think his injury is probably a little bit more serious than my failed relationship. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and we're sitting there and this tomato plant had gotten so large, uh, that it fell over huh. and, he asked me to, to pick it up and to tie it to a stake. And so I, d- I did so. Uh-huh. And um, he asked me to cut off all the dead branches on it. And um, hmm. I was a city dweller. I've always been my entire life. I have absolutely no, ex- I had no, absolutely no experience growing anything at the time. Um, and so I took a pair of scissors and I began to massacre this tomato plant. (laughs) I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know how to prune it correctly at the time. Uh, but as I was doing so, um, I experienced something that I really cannot explain other than, um, than God, Mm. um, 
I was cutting this tomato plant and suddenly I heard this voice speak to me and it said, uh, you are this tomato plant. Uh, you grew very large uh, with no discipline or self-control and you uh, have fallen over. And now I'm, I'm picking you up and I'm pruning your life uh, so that you can produce fruit once again. And it, it, it shocked me and it was so transformative, this experience that I became infatuated with growing things. Mm. And I really call this my, my second conversion. Mm. Um, I began to, to garden. I began to, to make compost and grow food and raise chickens. Wow. Um, and as I'm sure that, you know, growing food and gardening is, can be hard work. You got to yeah. dig and just as the Bible says, by the sweat of our brow, we shall eat all the days of our lives. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, what you may not know, the the listeners at the moment, um, is that at that particular time, I was uh, morbidly obese. I weighed about 360 pounds. Mm -hmm. And uh, through growing my own food and working hard outside, uh, I began to lose weight. And fast forward 10 years later, I've lost about 150 pounds. And um, it's completely changed my life. And yeah. uh, my... Uh, and as a result, I've come to this realization that I genuinely believe uh, our primordial human vocation, uh, what humans were put on earth for originally was to care for the earth, uh, to have dominion over it. Yeah. And dominion not in the sense of uh, conquering it right. and uh, and, and and destroying the earth. Mm -hmm. uh, rather, I, I like um, what Ellen Davis, a Hebrew scholar from Duke Divinity School, uh, writes in her book, Scripture, Culture, and Agriculture. She says that to exercise dominion over the earth uh, is uh, most appropriately and most literally translated into English as exercising skillful mastery over mm. the earth. Mm. Um, in other words, uh, stewarding it for its own flourishment and for wow. our sustenance. Um, and through growing plants, I've come to discover um, the call that God has on my life uh, to, to be a human, to, yeah. to care for the earth and to steward uh, the soil that he's entrusted us with. Yeah. Um, boy, yeah, that's, that's awesome. I hadn't heard all of that story with you and Mario and the tomato plant. I don't think what a, what a great, mm. um, transformative moment, uh, that, that you, you had there. And, uh, and I will say, um, you know, I remember when you showed me a picture of yourself, uh, before you had that transformation, I was just like, holy cow. Cause you're, you're a fairly fit guy these days. <laughs> and I was like, what? That's you anyway. Yeah. So, so also kind of just a, a neat, um, uh, right when when God does transformation in us, some, there are a lot of physical um, uh, transformations that can happen as well. I mean, there's a physical component in some ways that, to that transformation. And anyway, so super cool. So uh, for the listeners, I just came back from a quick edit because I said to to Marcos, "Hey, I, I feel like I'm I'm hearing some scraping or something in the background." And Marcos, why don't you just tell us real quickly what that is? Yeah, so I've moved into a new home in Carlsbad, and we're installing a very large urban farm in its backyard. Uh, but uh, there are construction workers on the interior of the home scraping the popcorn ceiling off. So uh, <laughs> Yeah, so that's yeah. what that noise is. Okay, <laughs> now everybody knows, and we don't have to wonder, what the heck is that? Um, 
Okay, so um, so pretty pretty cool uh, journey that you've been on, and now you've started, and and you worked in a church essentially as a pastor, uh, kind of an associate. You said executive pastor uh, in a Presbyterian church for well, how long were you there? I was there. I've, I I had two um, two seasons there. Once doing youth ministry for about three years. Uh, and then I uh, planted a church in Oceanside, and thereafter I went back to Grace okay. and worked for another four and a half years as the executive pastor. Okay. Uh, and then though came... I am ordained Southern Baptist. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. And that came to an end about two years ago or so, and then you kind of transitioned into what you're doing now with Agrarian Craft. So now you're, uh, you've got a, a business called Agrarian Craft, and tell me about how you landed in that, and, and what, what's your goal? What's your purpose? Because how, how I know this is more than just you know, some way to earn a living for you. What, what is it, and, and why do you do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So about uh, seven years ago, uh, while I was still working in vocational ministry, um, I was growing plants uh, a, a, as a hobby and uh, started a community garden at a church and a couple of other educational gardens at different elementary schools. And soon I discovered that uh, when you're growing food, one of the most important ingredients is good quality, bioactive, nutrient-rich soil. And the yeah. unfortunate reality is that there is not enough of it today mm. uh, because of uh, urbanization and development. The vast majority of bioactive, rich topsoil has been lost. Mm. And so we have to literally recreate it. Um, and so gr municipal green waste facilities, they make compost, uh, but they're bringing in materials from so many different areas and they can't really control the supply as well as um, uh, a more high-end soil production uh, mm -hmm. could control. And so the result, you get not very good compost sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, so I started making my own compost. Um, I was going to uh, horse ranches at the time and offering them something called a manure management service. Mm. Uh, the average adult horse produces about 50 pounds of manure per day. Whoa. Uh, you can only imagine that um, a, lot a of horse apples. ranch with 50 to <laughs> Yeah, you're telling me. <laughs> wow. Uh, so this manure is being pounds. stockpiled oftentimes on the corner of a property. And when it rains, there's a runoff that pollutes the watershed. Mm. There's odor and fly problem. Mm -hmm. um, and so some of these horse ranches, they get cited by the county or the city. Mm. And it's just a big problem for them. Others are spending thousands of dollars to haul it away to a landfill or to a green waste facility. Um, and so I approach these horse ranches and I offer them a program where we compost their manure in a way that is environmentally safe uh, in a manner that diverts runoff from local watersheds. We protect the local watersheds. Uh, and then thereafter, we haul away all of the composted manure from their property free of charge. Okay. Um, and then I can turn around and use that compost in my own farming and gardening ventures and also yeah. even sell it to yeah. landscapers and farmers. Yeah. Um, and so I've been doing that for about seven years. And over the course of this process, I've learned a lot and uh, 
innovated a couple of new technologies to automate it and uh-huh. to improve the quality of the compost. Wow. Um, and, and um, yeah, so that's kind of what we've been doing for about seven years now. But two years ago, when I uh, was laid off from Grace Presbyterian in Vista, mm-hmm. I decided to pursue this calling that God had on my life uh, full time. And that's when uh, Mario DiMatteo and myself founded uh, Agrarian Craft. Mm-hmm. And uh in order to make ends meet, we've been doing landscape construction, uh-huh. but the reality is is that we don't want to be doing landscape construction uh, uh, indefinitely. We yeah. want to be uh, producing compost and farming. Um, mm. And so Ag- Agrarian Craft uh, is a for-profit uh, organization. And uh, our dream is to launch a center for agrarian innovation, Mm -hmm. essentially a farm where we're going to be doing composting and also uh, producing uh, organic, uh, nutrient-dense, seasonal vegetables Mm -hmm. um, that we're planning on selling to corporate uh, cafeterias mm-hmm. uh, throughout San Diego County. Uh, I think that corporate t- cafeterias uh, can pay a premium for organic local produce and also purchase the volume that we're going to be producing. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and one of the the social impacts that we want to have through agrarian craft is we want to see a network of farms. We mm-hmm. want to ignite an agrarian revolution uh, throughout. America. Mm. Um, Three or four generations ago, 90% of the population were farmers. And now fast forward today, it's less than 1%. Um, I don't necessarily think that everyone needs to become a farmer again, Mm -hmm. but I do think that there should be a correction. Uh, What if 20% of the population were doing some Mm. type of agriculture? Uh, But unfortunately, a lot of this knowledge has been lost Mm. because of conventional industrial agriculture and people just don't ha- know how to grow food anymore. Yeah, yeah. So we want to launch a, an apprenticeship program hmm. uh, for disadvantaged populations that are seeking uh, a vocational direction. Hmm. Um, and after a two year paid apprenticeship program on our farm, uh, we want to then incubate and help them start their own farm. Mm. And then they will become uh, farmers within our network. Wow. Uh, we would guarantee a fixed price to purchase their produce, and then we would distribute it thereafter. Mm. Uh, we have found that uh, through interviewing local farmers, that the number one reason why farms fail is because it's very difficult for farmers to not only grow their produce, but then thereafter to sell it. Oh, okay. If we can create a distribution chain for their produce, um, we can uh, guarantee them uh, stable, good revenue for their produce and uh, keep them doing what they do best. And that's growing food. Yeah, man, Marcos. um, I mean, I've always known you're like really entrepreneurial, (laughs) like listening to this. I'm like, man, that is so creative. Um, uh, and I love it. And, uh, now, and, and knowing you, I mean, this isn't, again, this is not just a, a job this is not just a, a business so that you can earn money. And, uh, it's, this is a calling for you, right? And it's a ministry. Um, some people would say, Most definitely, yeah. And, and some people would say, well, so like, but are you telling people about Jesus? You know, are people coming to faith through this or are, uh, you know, are you feeding the homeless, you know, uh, 
uh, some some would question the ministry value of this, but so in what way would you say that you are participating with God's mission through this work? Yeah. So uh, the short answer is yes, I'm definitely doing all of those things. <laughs> okay. But, uh, but it's a bit more complicated than uh-huh. that. Um, you know, we see in the gospel, according to Mark, that when Jesus began his ministry, uh, he went throughout various towns and villages in Galilee and thereafter uh, towards the end of his ministry to Jerusalem. And his message was always the same. It was consistent. It was mm-hmm. repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, thereafter, when he sent out his disciples, he commissioned them to do the same thing. Yeah. He commissioned them to preach that same message to repent. The yeah. kingdom of God is at hand. Yeah. In other words, salvation is most clearly expressed by God's reign on earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. More often than not, unfortunately, in American Christianity, we have narrowed our soteriology to an eschatological escapism. Mm-hmm. We're saved once we die and we're in heaven, with our Lord. But salvation begins here and now. That's why mm-hmm. Paul tells us to live out our salvation with fear and trembling. We're living it out right here, right now. Yep. And it's most expressed by God's reign here on earth as it is in heaven. Yep. And so I genuinely believe that God has called me to green this planet that mm-hmm. he created, mm-hmm. to, to, to steward the natural resources that God has given us here. Because we are his image. He's endowed us with incredible skill and power and reason to be able to steward his earth or destroy it. Mm -hmm. And through the process of restoring Eden, Mm -hmm. I genuinely believe that people will come to see and taste that God is in fact good by, by experiencing his good creation. Yeah, that's great. And, uh, and, um, yeah, it's a beautiful way of living out um, the, that mission of healing the world, right? Of restoring some shalom. Uh, I like to use the word shalom, exactly. right? Uh, the shalom, yep. the 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 all encompassing uh, harmony and beauty with which God um, created the world, and uh, <clears throat> and we lost it through through sin, you know, and we lost it, not, uh, you know, the typical traditional versions uh, of sin that we think of, but also just sort of not stewarding the world well, um, uh, which doesn't seem like it's evil. It's just forgetful, but that's still uh, a breaking of shalom. So anyway, really exactly. cool. Um, and uh, if, oh, I, if I can just add one thing. Um, so the, the way this is, um, uh, concretely exemplified through agrarian craft. Mm-hmm. Uh, we call ourselves a triple bottom line company. We don't only exist for a profit. We also exist for two other P's. So as a triple bottom line company, we're driven by planet, people, and profit. So everything we do uh, is utilizing regenerative methods rather than depleting uh, the soil mm. of nutrients. We want to regenerate mm. the soil. Um, and so we do so with biological 
technology, uh, in other words, compost. Um, And in terms of people, uh, a percentage of our revenue is allocated to something we call the triple bottom line fund. Mm -hmm. And that fund will be used uh, to uh, offer scholarships to farming apprentices that want to go through our program uh, if they are financially disadvantaged. Mm. And thereafter, those funds will be used to incubate these farmers and help them launch their own farm thereafter. Yeah. And so a little bit of restoration of Shalom for these farmers as well, um, providing for their families and, um, and themselves participating with God in bringing some healing into the world. And, uh, that's really cool. That's really cool. Hey, um, uh, yeah, you can be praying for us. I will. Uh, because yeah, we're, we're applying for, uh, we're participating in a, uh, Shark Tank competition. Oh, wow. Uh, through the Alliance Healthcare Foundation. Okay. Uh, they're offering a million dollars to, uh, any for profit or non profit entity that, um, is addressing health disparities in San Diego County. And wow. we really do believe, uh, that an agrarian revolution can transform the personal, but also environmental health yeah. of, uh, San Diego County. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Uh, and I want to, yeah, well, uh, maybe you can send me some links as far as ways that we can track. I don't know. Is there some way that we can kind of follow what's happening as far as that goes or, or find out more about, about that? Um, yeah, we're going to, we're going to start blogging about this on our website. Okay, good. Go to, uh, agrariancraft.com.com. Okay. Agrariancraft.com. I'll put that in the show notes. Okay, cool. Yeah. We'll definitely be praying for that. Uh, let me ask you one other question. One last question. Then we'll kind of wrap up. Um, you know, you would not have come to this place without having gone through a lot of other stuff in between. And we might say a lot of, uh, a series of unfortunate events have <laughs> in yeah. a sense led you to this place here where you are uh, kind of following God into a new uh, kind of ministry that you probably had never, well, you, you, you I imagine you had never th- imagined before um, several, you know, 10 years ago. Um, and it sounds to me like there, there were kind of these moments where you had to surrender, right? When your fiance left you and then when you, you know, went to, to Point Loma and then when things kind of, uh, fell apart at your last church and all these kinds of things. Can you just say something about what role surrender you learning to surrender has played in you discovering this calling? Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting that I'm working with manure, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm already laughing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's the waste. It's yeah. what we, it's what we discard. And, um, we can either go to our death and decay, uh, kicking and screaming and resisting what God wants to do in us. Mm-hmm. Um, or we can allow the death and decay, uh, to give birth to new life. Yeah. Um, and I am mesmerized and awestruck every time I see a stinking, nasty pile of manure, mm-hmm. uh, transform mm. into this incredibly rich, uh, bioactive soil. Uh, that has given birth to all life around us. Um, 
And uh, I, I like to see myself metaphorically in that same sense uh, to, to not resist the death and decay that uh, may exist in my life and rather surrender to it mm-hmm. uh, because that is how God is going to produce new life. Just like Jesus says, right? Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground mm-hmm. and dies, yeah. it cannot produce fruit. Yeah. Um, you know, and interestingly enough, um, the, the, the etymology of the word Adam, or in other words, uh, Adam, mm-hmm. from uh, the book of Genesis, mm-hmm. uh, comes from uh, the soil by which God created us mm-hmm. from. Uh, so Adama is the soil, mm-hmm. and Adam is a soil creature, mm-hmm. or in other words, an earth creature. Yeah. Uh, so Adam from Adama. Wow. Um, interestingly enough, there's a play on words in English uh, in the same manner, uh, humans from humus. Huh. Um, Interesting. I never so as long that. as I, yeah. Yeah. So if I think of myself um, as no more than dust, mm-hmm. and to dust I shall return, um, I'm allowing for God to work his miracle. Wow. That's awesome. Oh, man. Uh, I, I have uh, really loved hearing about what you're doing uh, and, and the why and the and the why it's significant, you know. And um, anyway, uh, really, really cool, out of the box, uh, not what most people think of when they think of ministry, but, um, uh, but yeah, a really cool example of, um, one of the ways that we can participate with God in the restoration of Shalom in the world. Um, so, um, uh, you mentioned your website a couple of minutes ago. Why don't you mention real quick again, how people can connect with you if they're interested in that. Yeah, so you can uh, go to our website, www.agrariancraft.com. You can also follow Agrarian Craft on uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram. Uh, Links on our website. Um, And yeah, those are probably the best ways to follow what we're up to. Okay, awesome. Marcos, uh, thank you so much for uh, sharing today. And um, my pleasure. Yeah. Thank you, Marcus. And, and let me just say for the listeners, um, we, we were going to talk about something called exegeting our neighborhoods, but uh, uh, but we decided to stick with talking about agrarian craft. And so Marcos is going to be back at some point in the next if month or two, something like that. How's that sound, Marcos? Yes? Yeah, that'd Okay, be good. And uh, we'll talk about this idea of exegeting our neighborhoods. Exegeting means kind of unpacking, discovering, learning, um, digging out the meaning and the the, the hidden beauty of our neighborhoods. Um, and Marcos has a, a lot of stuff on that. He takes churches through kind of workshops and so forth. In fact, he's speaking at a conference about a week from today. We're recording this on February 1st. And so he's going to be... Uh, doing a conference on uh, exegeting our neighborhoods. And so anyway, so we'll have you back to talk about that in a a month or two, something like that. Sound good? That'd be great. All right. Well, thanks, Marcos. Thank you. Thanks for uh, being here. My pleasure. My pleasure. Um, And if you wanted to talk about exegeting our neighborhoods, I I do have about a half hour free if you wanted to go ahead and do it now. I don't mind. Um, Okay. So let's end this episode here, and then we'll continue talking about exiting our na- neighborhoods for uh, a new episode. Okay. Good. All right. So goodbye for this episode. <laughs> Man, I tell you what, 
um, talking with Marcos and hearing about the work that he's doing and the work that he's planning on doing makes me want to be a better gardener. Uh, now, I better not make any promises, but maybe Marcos can help me take some baby steps. Now, if you find yourself inspired by what Marcos shared and you want to take some baby steps, or maybe you're already taking baby steps and you, you want to take some next steps, then I invite you to visit Agrarian Crafts website at www.agrariancraft.com. Uh, you can also find uh, Marcos and Agrarian Craft on Facebook and Instagram, and I will include uh, the links to those in the show notes. Uh, and you can find those at www.marcuswatson.com slash category slash podcast, and then look up episode 23. And don't forget that marcuswatson.com, uh, Marcus with a K. Now, if you'd like to connect with me, I would love to hear from you. You can email me at marcus at marcuswatson.com. Again, Marcus with a K in both of those. And you can follow me on Twitter at, at Marcus Watson. Again, Marcus with a K. Well, thanks so much for being here. And uh, I will see you next time as I speak with Marcos about neighborhood exegesis. Uh, I will see you next time here on Spiritual Life and Leadership. <music>